1: Hello, and welcome to The Wealth Stream with Tim Scannell from Hightower Great Lakes. Tim, how are you? I'm good. Uh, tax season
2: just ended, so we're taking a breath, and um looking forward to this podcast with
1: you, Eric, today. Right. I just, I don't know what it is about tax season. Maybe it's the buildup to that one special day. You know, even when you got your stuff done, it's still like a breath of relief, right? Mm-hmm. Now we're done. We're out. And this podcast, I'm looking forward to because you have a guest in studio today.
2: Who'd you bring in? Yes, I brought in Rocky Shirelli. Um, I've known Rocky for, gosh, I didn't even think of this in advance, but at least a dozen years um, in his capacity as a CEO of an amazing organization we'll talk about. And I brought him on today. You know, as you know, in a lot of the podcasts, we talk about wealth transfer and protection and tax planning, charitable giving, all the financial planning, technical stuff. But Mm -hmm. today I wanted to really talk about what I see as we do a lot of planning for people who want to exit their business they want to leave their profession they want to retire and i find that financially you know tax wise planning wise you know we help them get ready but a lot of times they're not ready psychologically you know i joke with clients and i should have taken a little more psychology a little less accounting when i was in college but um so i thought i'd bring rocky on today as, as maybe one of the first of uh, hopefully several what I call a uh, passion podcast where I just want to talk to Rocky and have him you know tell tell us how he has really found his passion post exit you know post retirement and in retirement because I work with a lot of people I read a lot about retirees who just can't find that mm-hmm. so my hope is really just have a back and forth casual conversation with Rocky so that the listeners can get to know him and maybe pick up a few good ideas
1: I'm so excited, Rocky. Thank you so much for being here. I'm, I'm really looking forward to your story. You're welcome. Thank you, and I'm glad to be here.
2: So I thought I would start, Rocky. Tell me, tell me just a little. Tell everyone a little bit about where you were, like at Porter Stark, and what you were doing. So that's an organization here in Valparaiso, Indiana.
3: Yes. Well, I spent my um, entire initial professional life in the mental health and addiction field, working at uh, local community mental health centers, and most recently for the last. Oh, 22 years, I worked in an organization called Porter Stark, which is a community mental health center that provides care, uh, a continuum of care for a range of uh, mental health issues, as well as addiction and all types of services from inpatient to outpatient prevention and education. And I started there as a therapist in 1998. Um, after leaving another mental health center where I spent the last nine years there, working at a local county jail, which was um, quite a learning experience to say the least. And when I started at Porter Stark, um, I needed a change. I needed a change to get out of the jail. It was a very stressful job. And I interviewed with the CEO at the time, and I took a job as a therapist, of which I was um, overqualified for, and he knew that. And he told me, he said, well, if you work hard and you're patient, there's a chance to advance in this organization. Um, Never once did I ever expect that I would advance to the point of being CEO of the organization. So when I did get that job, I I let him know that uh, he was right. If you're patient and work hard, there is an opportunity to advance in that organization. And then as I was um, getting older, you know, uh, reaching retirement age, I stepped down and uh, time to... Figure out what I was going to do next, and um,
2: well, so at that point, um, if you can put on your uh, Rocky CEO hat, okay. from in the, how many years ago was that?
3: Um, I retired from Porter Stark in 2020, okay. right at the start of a pandemic, which was a very good time. <laughs> good time to get out of the healthcare industry and be able to just be at home. So yeah. yes, that was a 2020.
2: Absolutely, and then how how long would you say you had to plan? for that exit, like you and your organization and putting the plan together and et cetera?
3: Well, one of the things that I did, I was very fortunate to have uh, an extremely great uh, executive team and a board that understood uh, succession planning. So what I was able to do is work with the board to recruit the next CEO of the organization. It's a $22 million organization. There are over 40 programs. So, to just walk in cold, um, and then there's all the community relations and things like that that are quite helpful when you're uh, uh, an executive of a mental health center in a community such as uh, Valparaiso, Porter County, actually, and Stark County as well. So what we were able to do is we were able to recruit the next CEO, uh, Matt Burden, who's a fantastic guy, very, very intelligent, and very well qualified for the position, and When Matt was hired on, I remained on staff for two years as the chief strategy officer, working daily with Matt, um, just to make him, he already was a CEO, very familiar with the mental health industry. It was just more some of the subtleties that I was very useful in helping him in terms of understanding the organization, the personalities of the leadership team, which is also very important and community members, key stakeholders in the community, business partners that we had over the years. And uh, we also had just started uh, a new program, uh, a new uh, division, Merrim Merrim Health Center, which is a federally qualified health center. So that was relatively new at the time. So there was a lot of new information there that was coming in regularly that was very useful for Matt. So it was uh, Matt... And I still keep in touch regularly as friends and periodically we will discuss some ideas. And it's just nice to have that relationship. And it's nice for him to have that relationship because he knows that I know what it's like to be in his shoes. And he can speak to me in confidence Absolutely. about issues that he might not want to bring up to others, you know. So it's, it was a great transition. It worked out great. Uh, Matt's been in that position, and he's doing well, and the organization is doing fantastic, and it just makes me so happy that when you leave an organization, you're leaving it to someone that is going to take it even to the next level of excellence.
2: Absolutely, and then it sounds like it's one of the, and I've witnessed it. I watched it all happen from the outside, and it, it has been an amazing transition, and and to Matt, and he's doing a wonderful job. So when you were at the end of that two-year period, and now maybe you're getting close to exiting. What, what were you thinking as far as what to do next? Obviously, we didn't anticipate COVID, right? But what were you thinking that in your mind at the time anyway, if you can remember, if you think back about that, uh, what you're going to do next? Did you have a plan?
3: Yes, I did. And what I think what's interesting is that having known Tim for many years and worked with Tim for many years as my financial advisor, I think what really impressed me, among the many services that that him and his organization provided, is every time I would meet with him, which would be two, three times a year to review my financials and that, the first question he would ask me is, what are you going to do when you retire? He didn't ask me, at what age do you want to retire? He didn't ask me, how much money do you want to have when you retired? He asked me, what are you going to do when you retire? And I recognized right away the importance of that question. And I always wanted to be an artist. I always was an artist, but I always wanted to be um, an artist with a gallery. And I expressed that, told Matt, I'm sorry, I told Tim that. And we incorporated my finances in terms of what I was going to be doing during that period as hopefully eventually opening up an art art gallery. And it's kind of where we are now is, is is beginning that process. Yeah. We're actually pretty deep into that process.
2: So, so now you're you're you've exited. You're you're retired. You're a little more free time, and you're kind of researching, investigating. I remember talking to you of different meetings about looking for properties and looking for the right location. And you know, just generally, just talk about some of the the ups and downs, maybe, of that you had this vision, and it took a while for you to get to the point where we're at. You're at today. Uh, what were some of the ups and downs you kind of went through?
3: I think um, one of the most difficult things was finding property. Okay, now, so we're talking, I've been looking, I was looking, I'd say, for the last three years, and in my spare time, even still working at Porter Stark, I was looking around at different properties and such. And I wanted to be in the, in Valparaiso, Indiana, it's where I live, and um, I just wanted to make my transition convenient. I didn't want a long commute or anything like that. So I wanted to make it as convenient as I could. Plus I thought Valparaiso would be an excellent place to open up an art gallery, since uh, there at the time there were there weren't any. So finding property was an enormous challenge. There was very limited property. Um, I had a couple leads that fell through. The price of property was just off the charts and it just kept escalating. Property was selling before it would even hit the market so that I I started looking at some neighboring uh, towns and cities, didn't find anything I liked. And then luckily one day through a friend, I was able to find uh, a piece of property that someone uh, was ready to sell and I, I approached them. I knew the person a bit, so we were familiar with each other. So I, I approached him, and after about a five-month negotiation and working out a lot of bugs, I was able to obtain a property that is a house that was built in 1900, hmm. and it's a house that uh, needed a lot of love, okay? me <laughs> yes. just say it needed a whole lot of love, as Led Zeppelin would say. <laughs> yeah. And um, I was able to purchase it, and we're in the process of, since August, we've been remodeling the house. And I am hoping that we're about one month away from having it ready to open for Shirelli Art.
2: yeah, I know when I when you first told me about that property, I, I actually knew the owner who was in there now. I think it was an architecture firm yes. and i'm I'm a recovering accountant to some extent. I didn't have the the vision to kind of see what you thought you saw about it. but now that I've seen the progress that you're you know I've toured it as you're redoing it, um, it's amazing. so. I know from talking to you, too, you've had to all of a sudden uh, wear new hats and gain new skill sets like permit person and, you know, working with the city and the county and the state. And, you know, I'm sure that was that's been a long road for you, too, right?
3: It has been. And um, I think it's a complicated question (laughs) or a complicated thing to comment comment on. Mm -hmm. Let's just say that when when you're starting a venture like this, you go into it with an idea of common sense and fair play in terms of what you think you're going to be able to need to do to pull off the Mm -hmm. project that you're working on. And then you have a budget that you're going to try to work and stay within in that. However, whether you're a small business or a large business, you still need to meet all of the codes and specifications of a large business. So that caught me uh, a little off guard and um, was a, a process, but we were able to work through that process and um, all is well, and Mm -hmm. I think, but it's something uh, to consider is that um, when you are expanding, buying property, opening a business, especially a small business, the regulations that you have to meet can be quite extensive and, as a result, quite expensive.
2: Yeah, and I know you happen to do this project during, you know, with COVID and coming out of COVID in a point where many people, I see it, you see it, really can't get contractors, can't get people to show up sometimes and, you know, so I'm guessing, I guess my question is, as you were exiting and had this passion, you're looking for several years, like a lot of business owners, what I've watched, you go through is learning that really the details are just critical, you know, and, and, you may, and reaching out to people who can help you with some of the skill sets maybe you don't have.
3: You know, I've been very fortunate in that area. I have a good friend, Rick Forrest, Forrest Carpentry, who I've known for over 40 years, who's helped me on a lot of personal projects in my homes, and uh, we used to be neighbors way back. So um, he's a very good contractor, but to your point, Tim, also very busy. But he knew for years that I wanted to do this gallery, so he's been able to squeeze me in periodically to help me with the higher-skilled professions. And he has a team that follows him, plumbers, electricians, and as we speak right now, I have people hanging drywall. Mm -hmm. So by having all of those contacts with someone that you know and trust is priceless. A few uh, contractors that we got bids from that I did not know for some of the specialty items before Rick was able to hook us up, they were taking advantage of consumers by COVID. Mm -hmm. another thing that we did which was a very good idea since we had to do so much remodeling is we we remodeled with materials that were in stock and as a result we would buy windows that were in stock take them off the shelf bring them over whereas a lot of other of the contract uh, a lot of the other customers that the contractor was working with had specialty windows specialty cabinets and it was taking months for these products to come in. Many of them still did not come in. So as a result, their projects were delayed, which also freed up the contractor to come work with me because I had all the materials able, uh, that were able for him to work. So the strategy of talking to a contractor that really knows the la- the, not only the labor market, but in this case, the product market, which is something new probably in most of our lifetimes, um, where you, know, you go to the, to the big box stores and the shelves are empty or you can't buy them and they're on back order. That has never been a problem for us. Um, I also have my one brother, John, he's a demolition contractor.
2: Oh, so it's, it's always good to have a brother doing that, right? Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So
3: he was able to help. Uh, and he's also a woodworker, and mm-hmm. he's going to be selling his woodworking items in uh, in the galleries. But he had access to a lot of materials, bricks, some wood, some really cool items that were featured, not to mention heavy equipment to help bust up tons of concrete that we had to move to. <laughs>
2: now you're a concrete uh, demolition That's expert, right. yeah.
3: Actually, I used to be partners with my brother in the demolition oh, okay. business in the seventies and eighties and early nineties. So I'm familiar with breaking things up that, that are supposed to be broken.
0: <laughs>
2: for sure. So, you know, one thing I talk about on the podcast a lot is just how long these things take. And, you know, we just went over the fact that, you know, you had a transition for two years and you probably planned it for a couple of years prior to that. And it's been three years looking for this property. And now, I mean, it's, it's six, seven, eight years for something like this to actually happen and people really need to be thinking about that but as you come right now and you know tell I guess tell the listener talk to the listener about what is it that you're actually building What what's your your vision
3: uh, for this gallery what I want to do right now is I want to uh, give a nice plug to my fiance Tammy Rose um, we met a couple years ago and um, we have a wonderful personal relationship and we also have Uh, a similar passion toward things that we are now pursuing at this point in our life. She loves cooking, and she loves the hospitality business, um, neither of which I'm (laughs) all that good of, especially the hospitality part. I have to always try to mind my manners. But anyway, um, we have been working on this project in collaboration, and she's going to have a cafe in the art gallery. She's going to be featuring three, four different items a day, specialty plates, really delicious food, uh, a dessert, we're going to have coffee, and we're able to get a wine license, so that's also great. Mm -hmm. So the concept in its broadest sense is it's an art gallery where you can purchase food. Okay. So the idea behind this is to have a wonderful experience. There is going to be no food to go, no coffee to go. The idea is you come there, you get a nice lunch, a nice appetizer, a glass of wine, glass of champagne, cup of coffee. You sit down in some furniture that is made by my brother mm-hmm. that will also be for sale. Keep it in the family. Yeah. Keep it in the family. Yeah. And you look at some art that you're going to say, what the heck is all this all about? <laughs> or you're going to hopefully like it and, and purchase those, those pieces. So that's kind of the concept that we're going for. I think it's, you know, the way like everything is, as we all know, you know, we're always rushing, we're always busy. There's a hundred things to do. I imagine your schedule today, Tim, Uh, you know, you've got other clients to meet with. With me right now, I have someone hanging drywall right now, the carpenter's working, the electrician's coming back. There's four people over there and just managing all that. So that's the way most of our lives are, you know, and then if you have a family, kids, parents, whatever you're juggling in that respect, it's nice to be able periodically just to unwind, relax, enjoy yourself, no pressure. And by that's that's our goal is a place, a nice cozy place to go, which is uh, Tammy's business. She's going to have cozy cafe inside the art gallery, but a nice cozy place to go. When you walk in, you just feel relaxed at home, and then when you leave, When you leave, we want it to be like, wow, what was that?
2: That's awesome. And then as a side note, just because a listener wouldn't know, but that property was pretty unique in the sense that it had kind of an adjacent garage and an apartment, and you've converted that to maybe... Airbnb to get additional sources of revenue, et cetera. So you wanna talk a little bit about that? Yes,
3: um, we um, in the back of the property, as Tim said, there's, um, I guess you'd call it a carriage house. There's the garage and then the apartment above it. And it was two apartments, we converted it into one apartment, and we're gonna be renting that out on a nightly, weekly basis, again, for additional revenue. And part of, again, the experience, mm-hmm. we redid the whole apartment, And you talk about cozy, comfortable. You walk in there and you feel relaxed. Everything is new. It's very relaxing. It has one and a half baths, a soaking tub. The color scheme is very relaxing. We have original artwork of mine, furniture of my brother's hanging there. Tammy did an excellent job of designing, decorating. When you walk in and you stay there, you will have the feel that you are definitely staying at a facility that has that artistic flair you know going along with it you know yeah. so it's we're going to be uh taking booking starting um we're hoping uh, may 1st so we're real close we're finalizing a few things on the website where you can sign up and book it and pay and, and all of those things so we're real close and it's a great compliment and in between the garage and the house right now i'm landscaping putting up some trellises last fall in anticipation of opening hopefully in the spring early summer we planted over 200 bulbs we planted a few trees Um, i'm redoing the yard redid the driveway so we wanna we both tammy and i both enjoy landscaping flowers and just the beautiful things that nature has to offer to complement a home that is 122 years old yeah so it's going to be really another little quick point is that the house sits on the highest point in downtown Valparaiso on a corner so when you're coming into town the downtown area or leaving it just stands out as a as a very a very beautiful house and it's going to be landscaped real nice so again just even from the outside we want it to have that wow effect when you drive by
2: yeah and it's right adjacent to Valparaiso University and you know for people who are just taking a trip to the National Dunes in Northwest Indiana, or to Valparaiso. It's just a really, I think it's just a really cool place. So just one final question I have is, if you were talking to to the Rocky five years ago, right, you're just starting the the plan, the transition, you know, um, what are things you would tell that Rocky about post exit, following your passion? What should they be prepared for? What should they think about?
3: It's a good question. and before uh, I answer that, I'd like to do one quick thing Go for if it. you don't mind. yeah. Uh, my sister, Terry talked about keeping in the family. Mm-hmm. She makes beautiful greeting cards. She's going to be selling those. Okay. And I'm working on Shirelli Art, The Next Generation. Okay. Um, I have children that are very talented in the oh, music fantastic. In, in the industry. Oh, um, So our motto is sights, sounds, and tastes beyond and mm-hmm. beyond. Okay. Okay. So we're going to incorporate that. We're going to get the next generation doing their. I think um, that's fantastic, as well as their music, and that's going to be part of the experience as well. But five years ago, and what I know now, mm-hmm. um, I think, especially when you hit our age, uh, I'm 68. Tim's younger, so I shouldn't say <laughs> our age. And you're looking, and you're looking at doing this. I think the most important thing to begin with, and, and I'm seeing this with a lot of friends is your health, okay? Uh, make sure you take care of yourself so that you're gonna be able to do this. So that's that's a big one right there. Are you healthy, uh, both physically and mentally? Do you have the mm-hmm. energy? The financial resources are one thing, okay? But at least this process has been, for me, a, a swinging a sledgehammer, mm-hmm. shoveling, busting down walls. And granted, you could hire all that out, then there's the expense. So right. most importantly is your health. And then I think um, another thing is, as you're older, is the health of those that you love, okay? Your spouses, your siblings, your elderly parents, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, Your children getting older, perhaps moving town, you know, leaving town, as well as other things that life throws at you that are completely unpredictable, that might try to sabotage you from pursuing your goal. And without getting too personal, I've had a few of those thrown at me, and uh, they could really take the wind out of you, Mm -hmm. okay? However, um, you need to be resilient and bounce back from the tragedies that life throws back at you and realize that it is still your life to live. You only have one life to live. Is this something you want to do or not do? Or are you going to give in to the demons that... Um, unfortunately, may be messing with you um, in different ways. So I think for me personally, that was the biggest things that hit me are, are things that life threw at me that were completely out of my control, trying to take the wind out of my sails to do this. And, and to be honest with you, they, at moments, they can be successful. I think the other thing to keep in mind is that as you're working hard, to be patient on every given day uh, I'll tell Tammy, I'm going to get these eight things done today. And she'll look at me like, no, you're not, <laughs> you know, yeah. but you're, you're excited. You and you want to do it. And you think you're going to get more done in the course of a day than you are. You think the contractors are going to get more than they get done in the day. And they don't. Mm-hmm. All right. So just being patient with yourself, patient with those working with you. That being said, but also having a good business model, holding people accountable getting good prices on everything that you're doing. Don't jump into a good sales talk in terms of what you need or don't need. Not every contractor is correct in what they tell you you need. So again, balancing the expertise of a contractor with what the regulations actually require, okay? That's another big one. But I think the most important um, aspect of it And uh, Matt Burden and I talked about the transition that's the CEO of Porter Stark Mm -hmm. now. And we talked about this quite a bit as I was transitioning out of Porter Stark. And there's a a great saying by Mark Twain that's uh, quite longer than, than what I'm going to tell you right now. But the essence of the saying is, is 20 years from now, you're not going to regret what you did. You're going to regret what you didn't do. Sure. And... That's I think if you look back at any point of your life in 20 years, what do you wish you would have done? So in terms of starting this business and other areas of my life that I'm working on right now, it's now's the time. There is no special occasion. There is no special time. Now is the time to fulfill those dreams. Now is the time to pursue your passion. Mm Now is the time to figure out how to do it, how to enjoy it, because... That's all you have is the time right now. And you want to be in your 80s looking back. I wish I would have started an art gallery. I wish I would have mm-hmm. worked with Tammy and yeah, you I've, know, opened up a kitchen. I wish I would have done this. And time's up.
2: No, I agree. And I found that sometimes you can't exit soon enough, right? You look back and there's so many things you can do. You know. So Nancy and I, my wife Nancy and I, our, our favorite charity, our favorite nonprofit is Porter Stark. Um, because I think the work that they do in the mental health area, if they weren't there, it wouldn't get done. And there would be a lot of people who would be hurting even more than they're hurting now. And um, the fact that we met you through that, um, the fact that I've been able to have a friendship with you because of that. um, So we're super grateful. And uh, I didn't realize we'd have a Mark Twain quote today. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs> <laughs> it, the, the full quote is, is, is really more impressive than, yeah, uh, you know uh, than the way I presented it. And I think one, one other thing real quick too, Tim, is that uh, you mentioned Porter Stark and how we met. And even though I didn't have an art gallery, my entire life I was painting, uh, periodically sold some paintings, did a, a fair number of murals throughout the community. And as I was walking in the office, it was nice to see Tim has uh, several of my of my prints hanging up in his office, and they've been here for. He didn't just put them up because I was here. No, we
2: have three Rockies. I call them. Yeah, he's
3: got three Rockies. So I mean, even though you may not be able to pursue it ultimately Mm -hmm. the way you want to, like to have a gallery, but are there other ways to pursue that passion simultaneously with your, as they would say, your real job? You know, the one that is paying your bills. Because to take a risk 20 years ago and open up an art gallery, that's not something I look back on and regret that I didn't do. Mm -hmm. It wasn't the time to do it. I wasn't able to take the risk to do it. I didn't have the finances to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, It would have been taking a a reckless leap. Then again, it may have worked. I may have been successful. But if I wasn't successful, um, my backup plan would, would have been you're broke, you have no money, and you have a family to support here. yeah. However, some people do that, they take that risk, and they make it, and they are successful. Personally, with my comfort level, I wasn't, I'd never felt comfortable being able to do that, and fortunately, I had a profession uh, that I was working in that I thought I was providing value uh, to the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, to my friends, family, and community and got satisfaction from that. So it wasn't much of a compromise by holding off.
2: Well, I'm super confident that you've added value today to people listening. I'm so grateful that you came by. And I just want to say thank you so much. And You're you're first in my passion series. So hopefully not the last. And Uh, hopefully we'll bring you back at some point in the future to kind of give us an update and maybe we'll do it at your at the gallery or
1: something like that
3: that sounds wonderful all right so thank you so much you're welcome tim thank you you
1: bet tim and rocky this has been fantastic um rocky i'm not letting you off the hook that easy you ready (laughs) okay Two things. Number one, yes. one's just a comment. Um, I've I've had a reason to come visit your area for a long time. That's Tim. I want to hang out with Tim. Uh, but now I have a second reason. I, I've got to see this art gallery. I've got to see. Hey, I'm honored, Eric. <laughs> you know, this, this would be great. I'm really, really excited to hear about it. But here's the tough question. The question I've got for you, Rocky, is this. Tammy is cooking, right? So yes. tell us what your favorite dish is that she's going to be cooking at her kitchen. Okay, now that
3: is a very easy question. Oh, okay, because and this is the truth. This is not me trying to get brownie points with Tammy, because this isn't this isn't part of the podcast, is it? Or is it? It is, it is. absolutely. Oh, it is. Oh, It we're, is. We're, we're still well, on, baby. Tell you the truth, and I'm not doing this to get brownie points. Okay, but I have a good relationship with my family. Siblings were close, mm-hmm. and um, my one sister, I talk to her um, daily. My only sister actually. Uh, we talk daily and back from the old Beverly Hillbilly days, we'll say, What are you having for Vittles tonight? Or what mm-hmm. did you have for Vittles? So I'll tell her what Tammy made. And whatever dish I tell her, I'll say, Yeah, Tammy made this and it was really good. And she says, You always say it's really good because it is really good. <laughs> mm-hmm. So in all honesty, everything there oh, is come not now. a favorite. <laughs> and what's nice is the variety of okay. the dishes. And what's going to be really cool about this cafe is there's going to be no menu. Mm. She's going to have three items a day. Those items are going to change based upon what's fresh, what looks good, what she feels like making. So every time you come in, you may come in and say, Oh, I really love the salmon uh, plate that you made last week. I'll have that again. Well, we don't have that today. (laughs) What we have today are these three items. So in all honesty, uh, Every item is just off the charts, very unique. And what is also special about it is they're nice portions. The food overall is very healthy. There will be some Italian meats and cheeses and things like that. You know, you got to watch the fat and calorie content and all that good stuff, but it'll be balanced out. But the presentation of these are of the meals are of the yeah, of the meals, we'll call them meals are just pieces of art in and of themselves, mm. the way they're placed on the plate. It's like each meal is the masterpiece. And her, one of her sayings is she wants to make every meal an experience, and she does. Wow. So wow. when you come in, Eric, Tim, and the customers, part of the wow effect is going to be the food that you're getting. And just when you look at it,
1: it's going to be like, wow, look awesome. at that. That's, like, that's a piece of art.
2: I can't wait. That was, that's. I'm looking forward to when the opening is.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I got myself in trouble there because I haven't eaten breakfast. And so now I'm really hungry. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to wrap this up. So Tim, again, thank you so much. Rocky, of course, thank you for being here. Thank you, Eric. Uh, you bet. And then Tim, of course, thank you for doing this new series. I'm really, really excited about the the future guests that you have on this series. So listener, uh, pay attention to this because this is going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of energy uh, that's going to be brought to the podcast uh, through these guests and their experiences And I really want you to just take a moment and and think about the things that Rocky said today and the things that Tim said today because so many times we lose sight of what the possibilities could be and that's what this positivity is all about. It's, It's really showing you you know, with the proper plan, really getting excited about what you want to do and finding that passion, you can plan for that passion. You can plan to make that passion even more successful. So that's the message I took away from it today. Um, And I just want to say thank you one more time to you, the listening audience. We wouldn't be here without you. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the WellStream podcast with Tim Scannell. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Tim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it really easy to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hightower Great Lakes, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to the Wealth Stream podcast. We hope you gained some valuable insight that you can apply to your life and share with others. Please don't forget to subscribe below to be notified when new episodes become available, and don't forget to live greater. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of High Tower Great Lakes. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Hightower Great Lakes is a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC. LLC. Advisory services are offered through High Tower Advisors LLC.